Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A very blessed Easter to each and to every one of you. And I don't know about you, but all I have to say is, wow. What's a beautiful day. What a wonderful day it is to come together and to see that God has done for us in and through Christ. The forgiveness that he offers. The salvation that he has won for us. The life that he has secured for all of us. Now if you recall, you might remember that throughout the season of Lent, we have been working through a sermon series focused on God's call. God's call to his people to return to him. We have heard the different sins committed through this course of passion. We have considered our own sinfulness through all of this. And we have been reminded that God's call is to return to him and to be comforted by his word, by his sacraments. And most of all, that God relents over disaster. For as you know that God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. This Easter Sunday, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. That means that our attention keeps coming back to Christ and to the sacrifice he made to reconcile us to God the Father. Today, is a special day. It all comes together as Jesus is risen from the dead and that he invites his disciples and you and me to come and to see him. So why, you ask, why is this happening? Because when we see Jesus risen from the dead, we will begin to understand the significance of everything that he has been doing for the three years of his ministry here on earth. You and I will start to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ, which Paul says surpasses all knowledge. Christ is risen. Say it with great joy. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The glory of this day. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The realization of that good news will hopefully lead others to Christ. But first, before we go on, Listen to the words from St. Paul from Philippians chapter 4. And that the realization will lead people to share the good news with one another. That they too might come to know the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. What a wonderful verse from Scripture that is. It reminds us that we ought to back up a little bit and listen to the prophet Isaiah as he looks into the future to give us a perfect picture of what heaven is like. Holy Scripture says, On this mountain, 
The Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. Isaiah chapter 25. What a vivid picture that the prophet Isaiah puts forth here. He paints for us what heaven is like. A joyful gathering of all people from every tribe, every people, every language, and so forth. You see, in this gathering, before the altar in all the splendor of God's glory, the Lord of hosts swallowed the covering that is cast over all people, the veil that is spread over all the nations. Now this thing, this says nothing less than that the Lord has taken away death and has taken away the consequence of sin and give us life and eternal salvation. Nothing, nothing can ever now separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but just take a moment and look around this beautiful chancel. We see flowers, which represents life. We see candles that are lit all through these flowers, representing Christ, the light of the world. We see the cross, we see the veil. We see the banners and the glory and the dazzling dress. We can't help it but see clearly. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty appealing, doesn't it? For we read in Isaiah's account, we picture its fulfillment as we long to be there. But you might wonder, how? How are we going to get to heaven to be with our Lord? This covering, which is represented in the veil on the cross, this covering is cast over all people because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All! That means you. That means me. It means every single one of us. This covering is cast over the entire world. It can't be shaken, and it can't uncover yourself. We need someone to take that veil away. And you know, there is somebody who can. And his name is Christ. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. <laughs> it seems so impossible, doesn't it? Why would a loving and gracious God do all of this for us? We all know that God is gracious and that he is tender and that he is merciful. And with man, all of this on the way to heaven is impossible. But with God, things are possible. And you know the gospel reading, don't you? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God has stepped in, and he had made it possible in Christ. In Christ. Your sins have been forgiven. In Christ, your salvation is secure. In Christ, you have an advocate with the Father. One who is perfectly righteous. An advocate who lived a perfect life and then turned around and offered his own righteousness to you and to me. Took our sins upon him and gave us great joyment. Christ offered his clothes to you with pure vestments in return for your own garments, as the book of Zechariah mentions. 
And of course, right here. Through baptism, Christ has wrapped us up in the robe of righteousness, which covers all. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You know, you have a seat at that heavenly banquet. You are invited to the feast. And Isaiah gives voice to our response. Yes, Lord, I will greatly rejoice in you. My soul shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. For he has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Take you back to that very first Easter morning. Jesus emerged from the tomb, resurrected from the dead, fully alive. And his first task was to invite who? His disciples. His disciples to come to Galilee. To what do you ask? To come and to see. Come and look on the one who was pierced and see that the plan of salvation has been complete. Come and see what he has in store for each and for every one of you. And that is your own resurrection. Your very life. Come and see. Christ is risen. He is risen but how? But where? For the disciples, the answer was simple. Come to Galilee. Come to the mountain where you will find me. And we know that they did. They came to that mountain and they gathered at Jesus' feet and they gave them a task. Now that task was simple, but it was crucial, especially in the life of a Christian. You've come. You've seen the glory of God. You've worshipped. Now go. Go and make disciples. Go and baptize and go and teach. Go and know that Christ is risen. And then come and see and go and tell. But you might be thinking, Pastor, we just don't have a mountain. Well, Jesus says, come. Come to me. And we stand like Thomas at that Last Supper, gawking at Jesus, stunning by the words, how can we know the way? Well, you see, this glorious day, God gives us the way, His church. That is to say that we know where to find Christ because God's promise and His Word makes clear where to find Him. You will always find Christ in where? In the assembly, where all the believers come together to hear the gospel, which is purely preached, and that the sacraments are given. Where two or three are gathered, Jesus says, there I will be among them. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. We come to this place, this beautiful place, because it is here that we see Christ. 
We gaze on the cross right there of his crucifixion and ponder the penalty of our sin, which he willingly bore. We can see him where he reaches down and claims his own in the waters of baptism. We can taste and see that the Lord is good. And we receive Christ's very body and blood in, with, and under the forms of bread and wine. It is here that you can see him. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now what? It is no different for us than it was for those very disciples. Come and see. Go and tell. Isaiah's words are beautiful here. Listen as I read them. Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him all so very long that He might save us. This is the Lord that we have waited for Him. Let us be glad and rejoice in His salvation. You see, that is the pattern that Jesus lies out for the Christian life. We trust and we wait. He acts and we rejoice. And then we share the news with others. So simple. So powerful. Christ is risen. He is risen so today, as you have now come and have seen the salvation won for you by your Lord and Savior, may you be moved deeply in heart to go out into the world and to share with others what you have now seen. Be glad. Rejoice in Him and share your great good fortunes with the whole world. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our saving faith, in his name. Amen. We will continue then with our response as we sing here, He is risen, glorious Lord, hymn number 488. <laughs>